How's it going, everyone? Welcome. It is our two-year anniversary show. I've got my little mini champagne to celebrate, and I've brought along a bunch of friends of the show uh, to help us celebrate, and we're going to have fun tonight. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. And it's in! Darwin Jones with the response for Orange County. And it is a massive one. Austin Bold dominant in the last 10 in the middle now gets the defenders. Forrester with the outside of the foot. What a strike by Mary Forrester. It's the opening goal for Orange County. Opportunity and a goal. A beautiful goal by Orange County. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast presented by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. We are the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I am with you each and every episode as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club, minus one episode that I missed because I was really sick, but we won't talk about that. Forget it. Never let me forget that. That's Alan from San Diego. We're going to go to him first and introduce him. <laughs> Alan, how's San Diego going? Good, good. I think the only reason that there isn't more than one Orange County podcast is Andy hasn't uh, decided to do one. So then he'd be, <laughs> we'd have some competition, I think. I think he's taken some notes. He's been on a couple times. He's done a good job. I think he's, uh, if you see him writing anything down, be suspicious. Good yeah, news, we, I'm illiterate. <laughs> be very <laughs> suspicious of all this uh we're gonna skip ahead and we're gonna welcome because alan already did it andy from county line coalition and the beautiful backdrop as uh, for anyone that's watching live andy how are you doing man yeah pretty well thank you uh good morning or good evening from the north end of orange county for those of you who aren't familiar with the area um no intention of starting my own podcast um you guys mess it up enough for all of us <laughs> Oh, geez. Thanks for all that. I'm going to blame this next person I'm going to introduce for a lot of those mess ups. That's Dylan, also from Caroline Coalition. Dylan, how are you doing, man? You know, I'm living it up. Um, I'm really enjoying that we have a massive, apologies to uh, the younger listeners and uh, already, but the massive sausage fest that's happening tonight. Um, thrilling. This is diversity in lower league soccer, isn't it, everyone? Look at us. It, it, it also doesn't help that uh, I totally forgot that we were now at two years and you reminded me like midday and I had to now go reach out for, I went out to say, basically just bombarded everyone that I know that's been on our show recently and said, hey, do you want to come join us? And, um, you know, you, you invite people to events and you expect maybe about a 75% turnout, but lo and behold, everyone that I invited said, sure, we'll join. So that's why we've got this big party going on today. Uh, let's see. Let's go down this list. Let me uh, welcome back uh, uh, a huge friend of the show. Has been on with us multiple times. Uh, has called some of my EUSL matches. He's up there in Reno, Nevada, and that's Bradley Polans- Polanski. Polanski. I always mess up your name. See, I already butchered your name. How's it going, Bradley? It's going well. Thank you guys for having me. I believe I was on last year's first episode too, or last year's anniversary episode too. So, I'm 100% anniversaries for you guys right now. 
there you go. I think I think when you came on last year, because we initially invited Mr. John Macaluso, but he was busy um, careering yeah. it up. So we brought you on as the replacement, and you've sort of stuck now as the main contributor from up there in Reno. Yeah, well, I'm harder to get rid of, I guess. So thanks for having <laughs> me again. <laughs> nah, we love having you. That's why we've had you come. <laughs> We've had you come in to call some of our matches for my ESL league. Um, another person that joined us last anniversary um, is from the desert out there in Arizona, Phoenix to be exact. And that is Kevin from the PRFC fan show. Kevin, how are you doing, man? I'm uh, I'm doing great. I'm jonesing for some footy, but uh, hopefully we'll get something going on in the next month or so. And uh, actually I'm glad to be here. You know, I know Phoenix rising is kind of the, the hated group in the Western conference, but uh, I have a ton of fun with a lot of you guys. And uh, you know, I, we, we banter a lot, but Hey, you know, there's nothing but love across the whole Western conference. I, uh, I think everything that everybody's here is doing is awesome. I've listened to every single one of you guys at some point, uh, which is uh, very, very cool. So I'm, I'm in good company. And, you know, I was shocked when I looked and the last show, I believe you were on Kevin was the, that last anniversary show. So it's been a while. Um, yeah, let's uh, go down this list. We got another person that, uh, is a huge listener of all things soccer podcasts out there in Texas. That is Harry from San Antonio. Uh, the S a soccer round table, I believe is his show. Yes, um, mm -hmm. Harry, how you doing, man? Doing great. Uh, it's, you know, still nighttime here. So don't worry about the AM part yet, but, uh, looking forward to tonight's, uh, fun conversation and, and shenanigans. And I guess this is really more of a roast than it is a uh, celebration at this point. Ooh, I'll, I'll whatever, whatever it is, we're going to have fun tonight. That's uh, or if you're listening to this in the morning, daytime, whenever you're listening to this, um, we will not I, Wang Chung tonight. We will have fun, but not <laughs> Wang Chung. We've got to set some ground rules. I, I don't know. I want to see all of y'all Wang Chunging, whatever that means. Hey, if somebody hey. says shenanigans one more time. <laughs> awesome awesome cool if someone could do the next part that would be even better um harry uh from you we're going to go down what interstate would we go down to get to our other host down there in the rio grande valley it's not an interstate my friend okay it's, it's a, a back road, road. <laughs> a dirt road down to the southern tip of texas and we find jacob down there from down in the valley jacob how are you doing man yeah, doing well. Looking forward to soccer resuming as well and us to knock out San Antonio FC again from the playoffs. Oh, <laughs> oh. already starting with the low blows here. We're not even like 10 minutes into this episode. Um, by the way, if you didn't know, uh, Jacob was one of our finalists for guest of the year last year in our awards. Uh, unfortunately, didn't quite pull it off. Maybe this year, maybe if he puts on a good uh, show here tonight, he can be one of those uh, and actually win this year but there's a lot of competition just in this episode uh let's head over to some newer friends first time joining our show we've got not one but two members of the sec town fc podcast i'm gonna let you guys choose who wants to speak first uh that is uh john and is it Lu luis right yeah uh, i'll let john go since uh, he's older than me so there you go i'll let my Ooh. elders go first <laughs> age, man. age and beauty before anything else at this point How's it going, guys? Uh, pleasure to be with you all tonight. Uh, look forward to a good conversation and uh, actually some roast and talk a little bit about uh, why Sacramento might uh, actually win the league for a change. <laughs> hey, hey, Phoenix, how'd that end up last year, Kevin? Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> 
I said oh. that we lost viewers. Look at that. Jeez Louise. That is when I heard Kevin laugh and decided to run away. Uh, uh, Luis, well, do you, do you, uh, that do you share? He's already fighting for third or fourth place. So, you know, it, I held my tongue that time. Oh, man. Come on, guys. Let's let Luis uh, introduce himself and do you agree or do you share John's uh, passion for Sacramento? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, we're going to be champions this season once the season comes back so we're excited to lift uh, number two number two and you know just a matter of six years so not, not too bad um no you know congratulations for for two years it's like i was telling you off air like it's definitely not easy to to you know be committed to a podcast for two years so really great to see that and you know excited to talk all things soccer especially US, usl now that we got usl coming back here shortly Yes, definitely excited to actually start getting some soccer back, not just video game soccer now, actually some real soccer out on the pitch. Definitely something we're going to talk about. First, I want to just thank each and every one of you for for taking some time out this evening to join us. Um, Our guests that come on whenever we have guests on are a big reason why we've been able to uh, go for two years and we're going to keep going and doing this thing. Um, Dylan and I basically started this from day one. Alan jumped on, you know, early last season and... I, I can honestly say each and every one of you, uh, you know, we definitely consider you guys friends uh, whenever we make trips out to to any of your stadiums. Uh, I know we try and look out, uh, reach out to you guys. I know um, me personally, I got to be chauffeured around Reno by, uh, by Bradley up there, um, which was an awesome experience. And I know uh, Andy, Alan, Dylan, you've met some of these other faces on the road when you've uh, made trips out to different stadiums. So, um, thank you everyone for joining and all of our listeners. Thanks for jumping on and listening to us. Um, it's because you listen to us, why we keep doing this. Um, we don't do this just cause we like to talk and record ourselves uh, with zero listeners. So uh, definitely an awesome thing there. Let's, let's talk about this, this big thing going on. And this is the announcement from the USL recently that play is going to pretty much hopefully resume. I guess there's the tentative date now of July 11th. Uh, I don't know if that has changed since the announcement was made. I don't think there's been any changes, uh, but it's exciting to know that, uh, there's going to be some soccer back. Uh, a lot's going to depend, I guess, on the state that we're all in and the city ordinances and what's going on. I know speaking before we went live, Harry was mentioning that at San Antonio, they are already approved to have 4,000 people in the stands once the, the games start resuming. I know for us here in Irvine, I don't know what it's like in Sacramento or in Phoenix. Uh, not quite clear on how that's going to work out for us. Um, so let me get to you first, Harry, because uh, I mentioned your name. Uh, how's the... Uh, the feeling in San Antonio with the upcoming return of USL and are you anticipating um, packed or a lot of fans coming out or are you anticipating maybe some restrictions still as far as maybe people not wanting to be in large crowds like that? I don't think there'll be restrictions, but there's a definitely some hesitancy to start off with. Um, even, even in my, in my household, uh, I'm the one that's been going out to the grocery store and stuff. So I'm more comfortable going, um, but taking AJ out, you know, my wife's like, yeah, I don't know about that. So I, I think there's, I think at the start, it, it's, it's, it's going to be cautious and, and, you know, we're still a month away uh, from it. So we'll see kind of what happens, you know, in the next 30 days, but um, people are excited that it's coming back. Um, it'll be interesting to see how many people actually show up, uh, to the stadium. Cause I think, um, just with discussions with, you know, the friends uh, on social media and, and, you know, you know, in town here, 
it's really 50 50 on if fans will, will 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 make that trek on you know to the stadium or not you know and it, and it comes to a personal decision you know it's you know I'm not saying you're right or wrong on going or not going but i think it'll you know safc can hold for, you know up to four thousand at 50 percent but i'm not expecting it to come in at, at you know at that amount uh, let me jump down to uh, Jacob also out there in Texas. Are you guys uh, seeing a similar type situation there where you guys are going to have pretty much fans in the stadium probably once things get going, or are there different restrictions that you guys are facing? Well, I think it's going to be about the same thing that basically Harry said kind of because, well, I get to work with in the high school sports area, and so USL not too long – or not, not only USL, but UIL, the – University Interscholastic League, you know, what the high schools do down here. They were saying for football even, and this was, of course, later on in August, 25% outdoor. So that's an, I believe that's an opportunity. And then 50% indoor too. So that would be for volleyball and stuff. So it's looking more and more like we're going to have some people in the stands. But given how the start of the season or our audience basically it was it was nothing we had i think it was like 2300 in the stands at a 10,000 seat stadium it was the saddest thing i'd ever seen plus we got blown out against everybody's hated team even worse than phoenix rising i'd say los dos so yeah it was just yeah I, i don't know about how many people will actually attend but i know for sure they're going to allow some people at least to go into the stadium to watch now I, I gotta say this is los dos really that hated of a team i mean i i know here in orange county the only reason we sort of hate them is because they are the los angeles based team with like zero fan base so i don't really know how much they can be hated but by all means if you hate them out there in texas go on hate those people yeah um, exactly real quick because we we lo- we've l- never beaten them ever we've only drawn them last year was the closest we came twice we had a late lead and they scored to tie it in the 90th it was something stupid like that too it was just that's why we've hated them from here on <laughs> so well, los I mean, dos guys... and rgb los dos and rgb are like phoenix and new mexico where they really hate each other and they just keep drawing yeah i'd say for teams at least and and we we do need to interject that Ray does have some standard for the show because you see nobody from New Mexico on this pod. So well done, Ray. <laughs> Who? You know, hey, if, if they would if they would bring a nice like Blake's burger to my doorstep, I would let them on every episode with some you know that green chili and all that wonderfulness. But uh, haven't got that offered yet, so. Um, yeah, you know what? Uh, we haven't had anyone other than Chris who sort of doubles as San Diego and New Mexico, right, uh, Alan? Mm-hmm. Is that his, like, official title? Uh, yeah, he also covers Ford Madison, too, I believe. Um, he does some coverage of them as well. So um, <laughs> he just likes teams with interesting kits, I guess. I don't know. He's a poster well, child shot. for it's, it's really he, – he was born in Cal- Southern California – uh, in the Inland Empire, and a lot of people in the Inland Empire looked more towards San Diego than Orange County because um, it was easier to get to. And uh, Las Vegas lights. Um, so he was really hyped about San Diego team, but he lives in New Mexico. And then who doesn't enjoy some 
um, <laughs> Ford Madison or Las Vegas lights, as Dylan put in the comment section, which is quite <laughs> clever. Um, let me go really quick to Andy here because he's like the one lone non-podcast guy. He's literally just a fan uh, when it comes to USL and Orange County Soccer Club. Uh, what are you interested in? Because I know like Orange County, uh, especially being in Irvine, there's a lot more restrictions going on right now. I believe the park is still pretty much closed. The, the fields, like even where the team would normally train is not open yet for that type of activity. Um, of course, that means the stadium is probably not open. Are you anticipating that the stadium is open when play resumes? Or are you uh, planning ahead and thinking, where are we going to watch this uh, when it's streaming on ESPN Plus? Yeah, I'm one of those, uh, you know, hope for the best and plan for the worst types of guys. Um, the way I'm picturing it, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't really looked at what the state has said uh, about outdoor sports. And I presume the county is just going to do whatever the state says. Um, but I bet it's going to be, you know, taking a wild guess and trying to put on my, you know, governor hat is that they'll say, you know, they'll put a cap on attendance. You know, like we heard the other guys say, oh, it's 50%, it's 25%. They'll probably have some hard limit like that, but then also say, oh, and by the way, you have to have social distancing. So they'll have, you know, sections of rows taped off or, you know, whatever it is, you know, just to try to put space around people. Um, what I have heard is that uh, it's harder to get infected with the plague if you're outdoors compared to indoors. But there's also some evidence that suggests uh, singing, yelling, you know, that type of thing makes it spread more easily. Um, but again, um, that's all just there's, there's no science behind that right now. It's just based on a couple instances of, of uh, infection clusters. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see. I'm um, curious. Uh, I think Friday we move into whatever the next phase of of uh, quarantine. I don't even know the the right word anymore. Uh, we move into phase four, I think, which isn't all clear, but it's kind of like as close to all clear as we can get. So gyms are going to be open, um, stuff like that, where there's close contact all the time, but there's still restrictions even on those facilities being open. So we'll have to see. So um, really quick, just getting back to sort of the beginning of your comment there, are you dropping hints that maybe you are going to be uh, running for governor in uh, 2022, Andy? <laughs> uh, Putting on that governor hat, right? Yeah, I don't want to be governor. Hey, you'd have a vote from Dylan, apparently. He just put on the comments there. Um, let me jump to you really quick, Dylan, because it, it, depending on how Orange County is able to open up the, 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 the resume uh, when they resume the season um, and what kind of restrictions they have, for those that aren't familiar with Orange County Stadium, there, it's very open fencing around the stadium. Um, do you anticipate if there's either a closed game or restricted access, do you anticipate any kind of problems with uh, people maybe gathering around those open fences, potentially making things worse than what, what, what it would be if they actually just open up the stadium and let people in? I have no idea. Uh, we played a friendly against Cruz Azul two years ago, and it seems like they it was a closed friendly. And it seems like they did a really good job of not actually enforcing people standing outside the gates and watching. I seem to remember them trying a little bit harder when we played uh, Tijuana last summer. So I have no idea what to expect in this one. I assume Irvine PD, ever the gatekeepers of anything fun happening, would not allow that. Yeah, Dylan, I think they would just not let you pull into the park. 
you know, can't pull in and park your car. There's nowhere to go. You're not, you're not walking two miles from, you know, Knollwood to get to the game. Nobody's as dumb as I am to do that. Yeah, for those of you, again, not familiar with our stadium setup is our stadium is right in the middle of a big, gigantic park, which is almost, I mean, I think it was sort of fashioned after Central Park in New York, trying to make that big of a park. And the stadium's like slab dab right in the middle of it. There's, so, there's no businesses around that you can like go hang out at. Uh, I'm sure many of you are used to going, I know, especially up, uh, we experienced up in Reno, going to like a bar right across the street from the stadium, you know, parading across the street to the stadium and getting to your seats. That's not happening, at least at the moment. I know there's some development in and around the park with some things which are really cool, uh, but still it's a difficult situation. Let me go up to the guys up at Sacramento because they've been just sitting quietly here for a little bit. Um, what is the uh, the feeling like up there in Sacramento with the potential return of the league? Uh, what are we? What are fans thinking? And uh, have you heard anything about if the stadium will be open yet? So we have not heard anything uh, yet in that regards. Um, if I were to guess, I would probably say that we don't see fans this summer, at least, and then maybe in the fall, we see uh, maybe fifty percent, kind of how you guys were saying too. But you know, it all really depends how how the situation is in a couple of months too. But yeah, we don't really have anything the team's actually been kind of quiet uh recently too so other than usl coming back we don't really know too much on or at least i don't know too much i don't know if you know a little more john but not too much i mean if you think about what's happening with education and everything else you know teachers are having to wear the salad guards on their face once they come back to school um they are we're gonna have to have kids wearing masks i don't see fans coming in the stands what are you going to do? You're going to stand up and put your hand up, raise your hand to go use the restroom if you have to. Is somebody going to have to walk you right? There's all these ideas and, and things that could go either way. Um, I think we we eventually see fans, whether those are season ticket holders or um, they give you a certain amount of allocation. Everybody gets a ticket for every other match. I don't know, but uh, we'll see something. And that's one thing that's going to be hard with the USL opening back up is uh, you have some states like California that are being very cautious or that have been very cautious with with this uh, pandemic uh, and other states, maybe like a Georgia or whatnot, that have been just very like, let's just get things going again, um, you know, sort of almost like a even though we don't know the full implications of it, let's just try it out and let's hope for the best. Um, so it's very difficult. I'm going to go to Kevin out there. Kevin, uh, what's been going on in Phoenix uh, in preparation of this season? Are you anticipating uh, a good group of fans being able to come out to see the matches? You know, I, I, we're in the same boat with everybody else. We don't know. Uh, USL sent out their statements, but the club hasn't sent out any statements yet whatsoever. And if you think about it, it's a logistical nightmare for them. How are they going to, you know, how are they going to sell the tickets or allow the tickets to go out? We had a flare up on uh on social media where season ticker holders were saying well we should be the priority and other people were saying what are we chop liver and you know there was this back and forth going on uh so it, it's going to be interesting you know personally i'm still kind of old school with this we're still social distancing i'm not convinced yet that going in a stadium full of people is going to be the smartest thing to do um I don't know. So, you know, I don't know. I do know one thing, though. That is, when you look at the German teams, you know, I'm a big, big, huge Bundesliga fan, and you watch the piped-in uh, stuff with the fan sounds and everything and the empty stands, it's just weird. I, it just freaks me out. I don't like it <laughs> at all. And related to that, because, you know, we're all on the show together, um, 
I'm trying to figure out what the difference would be between not having some piped in and playing an OC game. And I'm figuring that it's probably the same thing. <laughs> it's like playing RGV and RGV, man. It's all the same. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. It's going to change, Kevin. It's going to change. And I want to transition, but I don't want to quite transition yet. Um, I, I want to still talk a little bit about this. I want to uh, mention Andy probably is the most prepared to go to matches once they resume because he's at the stadium with a bandana across his mouth anyways. I don't know if he's trying to hide the refs from being able to read his lips or or what it is. But every time I see Andy, he's wearing that bandana across his face. So, Andy, you're ready for it. Yeah, it keeps me from drinking too much, mostly, because you can't can't get a beer through a bandana. It works perfect. Uh, Straws. I, 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 yeah, I want to say there was some sort of... I want to say there was some sort of demonstration by someone. There was some sort of demonstration by someone about going to like a Yankees game and how you would like eat a hot dog or drink a beer at the stadium watching the the, the game. So you can't use that as an excuse there, uh, Andy. Um, opposite side of the, the the table there is you got Dylan, who's like sometimes like shirtless at the stands. I think I I, I can't remember. Maybe Dylan isn't one of the shirtless people, um, but definitely he's he's yelling without a bandana covering his mouth. He's usually one of the best dressed in our whole section. It's true because he he tries to look professional for when he has to go like talk to people afterwards. But, but have uh, you ever seen him in the stands? Forgets to put away his credentials when he's like being a fan, and they're yes. just dangling right there. That that's that's always the fun part. Going after Rad Chuck with his uh, credentials hanging off his neck. Why not? <laughs> but I mean, let's not forget Alan. It is the only guy who comes into our section wearing one of those like nice like corduroy sport coats with like the leather patches on the elbows <laughs> yeah, like he looks well, like went, mr cotter coming into our section that went back to it was uh i overdressed purposefully so i didn't look like i didn't know what i was so i wore like a collared shirt with my flamingo shirt with my corduroy jacket i looked i tried to look as professional as possible because i wouldn't want something to go this is the thing about our soccer team right I now like, i needed to look somewhat presentable for the it was like a job interview well you fooled everybody yeah i did and i still do it's amazing <laughs> Alan out there, he's like the best soccer matches are those accompanied by a nice chardonnay <laughs> um i prefer pinot grigio actually for my oh nice my soccer God. matches <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is already uh, going to a fun conversation. Is Dylan around if, to be able to like defend himself on any of this? Because around, I, I just wanted to say uh, that if there is a no better poster child for my white meat than this guy right here, so me, <laughs> she just gotta show up and fake it, and they're like, "Yeah, you got it. You're fine. You're a white bearded guy. You'll be great. You'll be great. You'll be fine. Fake it till you make it." Right? Alan I'm, actually got a callback for those Nashville uh, scarf pictures. Oh, <laughs> they flew me nice. I just didn't quite make it. Didn't quite make the final cut. Got delayed. It's gotten to that part of the show already, huh? We're just going to like talk trash on each other. Um, no, but, but legitimately, uh, I want to give Dylan a chance to talk about what we, we sort of been, we were talking about him out there. If, if he's available, I know his, he was having some mic issues. I don't know if he's still there. Uh, I am, and unfortunately, I missed all of it trying to sort out this mic thing. I would like to take a moment to. You do Google sound better. Not working. You do sound better. Uh, and yeah, so now I have to listen to this week's episode. Uh, everyone that is currently listening, we're in this together. I'm with you. 
it's it's a weird place to be. But I assume I hope it was very good trash talking. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so I can angrily text you <laughs> and Alan tomorrow. There we go. A little to it. <laughs> I want to say this because I'm looking at our, our um, chat here. Uh, Edson Ochoa from, uh, I believe he's from down in the valley, right? Uh, Jacob, he just wanted to say hi to everyone uh, as we're going here. I know Harry uh, was recommending we get him on the show here eventually because we've always just had Jacob on. Um, he's been hogging all the time on the Orange and Black Soccer cast. Uh, shame on you, Jacob. Oh, well. It's Edson's fault. <laughs> Plus, you don't really <laughs> want him on this show because he's kind of a curse sometimes. <laughs> As in every single time that he goes over, and this is a true, this is pretty true. He goes over to HEB Park. We normally lose the game, and when he's not there because he lives up in Houston, we normally win. That has happened a lot. So he goes to he goes a lot then to HEB Park. Oh. It's getting hot in here. <laughs> Jacob, is it really just the tip? I don't know. It is. I'm just asking. Man. Just the it, tip it, of Texas, man. Yeah. It, it's pretty close. It's like, because technically it's in Edinburgh, which is kind of bordered by, well, it's bordered by, by McAllen. Then you got Mission. Then you have this other place called Far. No joke. Mm-hmm. That is legitimately the name. So yeah, it's it's there. And then of course you take Edinburgh North, and you're on your way over to Houston, civilization, Austin, all those places. Yes, I will say AGB Park though is is, is an awesome facility to to be exactly. able to go to an Nintendo game. So yeah. um, you know it's not a baseball park, but uh, the facility that that RGB has is is, is pretty good. At, you know. I, I wish the seats were a little bit closer to the field, but you know, with the stampede, I know they're growing. I know uh, uh, with Mr. Patel, uh, RGV, I think probably not this year, but I think in a year or two are going to be in a, in a lot better position. Uh, unfortunately, but uh, I, I do think RGV is going is moving in the right direction. So, yeah, I, they're, they're I, with their defense, yeah. I haven't been to RGV, but I, from what I've seen on TV, it looks like kind of a post or pre-Soviet breakup, you know, civilization coming to the Soviet Union type of architecture you got there. Brutalism yeah. is what that's called. What was that? It's called brutalism. Ooh. <laughs> Basically. No, that's what it's called. <laughs> Everyone's Googling up. right now to make sure Andy's correct. Look at that. Yeah, we have that on the show. Yep, yep, yep. That's right. Welcome to the Orange and Black Social Studies class. You're welcome. Let's, let's you do this. Let's, let's have wives, girlfriends, and same sex partners later in the week when you drive by a big concrete building. Oh, it's a nice example of brutalism. <laughs> <laughs> That'll get you action every time, guys. And you know what? Like, we're, we're scaring the new guys, the Sacramento guys. They're like, what did we get ourselves into coming onto this show, uh, talking about uh, all this interesting stuff? Let me jump to you guys up at Sacramento. And I'm going to ask each and every one of you, I want to, this is just for fun. Um, I'm going to give you like 30 seconds. So, uh, John Luis, pick who wants to, to do this. Uh, why is your stadium the best stadium in the USL? Um, we are unique in that we actually, we have a lot of beer. I think that's the best thing. Uh, anytime you go to a stadium and you don't run out of beer, it's good. Um, there's good food trucks that are, that pop up. Um, you know, I, I, 
I can't really say why it's the best. It just is. Just the we, ambiance, we have we right? have the best supporters group in the USL too. Probably the largest supporters group too. So it's our British battalion. So shout out to shout out to the battalion. They have they have enclosed bathrooms and running water. That is true. We have <laughs> and Dylan, we, have, we, have, we have Ray Bear. Uh, oh yeah, we got Ray Bear. Bear. He's a great man. Um, so do you guys have a gravel too. parking lot? With one entrance and one exit, because that is some of cheap. it's paved. That's, some you know of it's what? paved. That's quality. That's quality. <laughs> man. Our porta potty, the best you will ever find. Okay, Kevin, you Randy. you can tell Kevin's getting a little hurt with some of these comments. Here. No, 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 Kevin, we'll give you a chance. Kevin, don't worry about I'm, it. We'll give you a chance. No, I gotta ask Luis though. Do you really think the battalion is bigger than the Karens of New Mexico? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been. I mean, wait, we've wait, been wait, more than wait, wait. Mexico. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did Did you say the Karens of New Mexico? <laughs> he did. Yeah, that's where Karens were invented. That's the home. And, and, and <laughs> Luis, Luis just jumps in to start answering it like it's a legit. Like you know. <laughs> he does. He does what's up. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, but yeah, no. I mean, I think it's yeah. We we have a lot of people down there too. Once we join MLS, it's only gonna grow. I know. Kevin's probably happy. I, I we talked to uh, more fans from Phoenix, and they're pretty happy that Sacramento's joining MLS because now Phoenix will be able to be number one in USL. Essentially. Oh. Yeah, I don't, I don't know one fan that yeah. Oh. Number one but in what? That's I the question. They haven't won anything. Be, being uh, the bridesmaid every time. Well, love- they do have Diplo. They do have Diplo. So and butterflies. So that, I mean, there we go. You guys still have I mean, drug bar or not anymore? Not anymore. No. Oh. Field goals. Field goal master right there. Um, let me just say this. Very important that you don't run out of beers at the stadium. Um, I, I don't think Orange County's ever run out of beers, but recently there was a fans, dollar. <laughs> no, no, let me tell you this. Legit, there was a dollar beer special, like pregame dollar beers. Yeah, they may have copied Phoenix, but whatever. Um, and apparently, like half hour in, they ran out of dollar beers and started charging full price, which is weird. Um, let me jump over to you, Kevin. Why is Phoenix have the best? Stadium, even though it's not a real stadium, but go for it. man. I mean, come on. And dollar Um, beer, right? Look, no, you know what? Here's here's the thing. We do have a gravel parking lot, and there's one entrance, and we all know it's hell to get in and out. Um, But when you get in the stadium, it's electric. And we have the kind of stadium that when other players are in the stadium, they're coming to our coaches after games and saying, how can we be a part of this team? It's electric in that stadium. No, you're shaking your head no, but I know for a fact. It's not because of that. It's because they want the money. Well, it's <laughs> – They want that Diplo money. They want that Diplo that, money, That's man. what it is. <laughs> you know, I think that there's something to be said about the money a little bit, but there is something to be said about the electricity. I'm not downplaying electricity in other stadiums either because, mm-hmm. I mean, what we have in the USL is great overall. But for Phoenix – I mean, Ray, you've been there. Dylan, you've been there. Alan, you've been I there. I don't know I who else has been there. Oh, I thought I've you been had there. Um, it's, it's an electric stadium. Our fan base is pretty passionate, um, especially Banditos and Red Fury. Um, we just have a good time. And so for me, footy is all about the game. I don't care about how long it takes me to get in and out of the parking lot. I don't care if I have to pee in a disgusting, horrible sewage trap called a porta potty. Um, I care about what's going on on the pitch. And um, we have a great team. We have a lot of fun. Uh, we love to banter with the away teams. And we have some really quality, good, fun times. I think some of you guys have experienced that mm-hmm. with fans from away. Um, and it's the love of the sport, man. I've been, I've been, I played footy back in 1978. I'm old. 
right? Uh, I do this because I love the fans and I love the sport and I love the fans of the other teams and it's just fun. So for me, it's very personal with Phoenix Rising Stadium uh, because that's where the passion is. So really quick before I move on, uh, raise hands if you were alive back when Kevin was playing uh, footy back in 1978. <laughs> Two of you. I think, I think only a couple. <laughs> um, I, I, was, I think so, I was let playing footy like, then also. I used to Polaroid for back then. <laughs> I have, I have the Atari. Dylan's like, what's a Polaroid? <laughs> Dylan is like, what's a Polaroid? It's like Instagram, but with it's a like camera. It's physical. You actually can hold um, the yeah. picture. Yeah, I had a cannon with a light meter. Light meter in the left hand, the cannon in the right hand. You know, that was good stuff. You took what pictures. Cameras with... used to have where you... been the cameras used to like put like yet. the flash on, and they would only last for like ten pictures, and you'd have to change the flash. Yeah, I'm not... give me a break. Um, <laughs> ten, four, man. A little cube that um, would turn. Yeah, I remember those cube things too. Uh, let me go over really quick, and let's try and keep it at thirty seconds, just for timing, because I want to talk about more stuff. Let me go to Harry. Uh, San Antonio has a pretty nice stadium. Can you make the, the argument that they have the best stadium in the USL? Sandbox. Yeah, the, the sandbox, uh, but it is played in a quarry, so that you know that's to be understandable. But uh, I think what makes right? uh, Toyota Field awesome is the fans are right on top of, of the action. Um, and and it, how it was designed by uh, Mr. Hartman was to be able to expand up You know when uh, – SA San Antonio had dreams of MLS uh, that were dashed by Austin. Uh, but uh, I think just being so close to the field, you know, like I, I sat right on the front row, you know, right behind the, the North end goal. And, and like I said here, it's, you know, it's, you're just right there. And, and I think, I think that's the best part about Toyota field is that it, you know, the field's in deep and the fans are right there. So even if it's not a full stadium and let's say you got a two third stadium, it still can be loud and impactful, uh, you know, on the pitch. Uh, let me go over to you, Jacob. Uh, is there an argument argument that could be made for RGV and their field? Oh, easy. Why why are we so spread out, and why doesn't it seem like we're on top of the action? Pretty simple. We want to host FIFA matches. We want to host Concacaf matches, official matches to be exact, as well as not just USL matches. Now we'll probably never make it to MLS, thank you Houston Dynamo, and your stupidity will always be well, just Houston Dynamo, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of them, but it doesn't matter, we're just it's it's dumb uh, either way, fantastic stadium, we have working bathrooms we have working concession stands everything couldn't be better it is orange and we don't Random have problems with seats. turf orange is and a we, great color, by the way yeah, we also have a bar real quick, real right next to the scoreboard. So that's pretty cool, too. Let me give Andy a chance. Is, can Orange County make an argument for the best stadium in the in the USL? Uh, best stadium in the USL. I would I would I would hesitate to say best. I would say most intimate um, because although it is small, you're right on top of everything. Uh, it's easy to get in. It's easy to get out. Uh, you have a really great view of the. Um, Santa Ana Mountains um, off behind the North Goal. And then uh, we've got the Laguna Hills off to the South Goal. Uh, when the sun's not beating in your face at sundown, it, it's beautiful. Um, most intimate, I won't say best. Well, could, we could say too, it's like before a match, you can take your family out. They can go on a carousel. They can ride up the balloon um, and see you know, the Irvine Valley um, 
and free parking. Free parking is always a good thing there. Uh, let me go. Uh, I, I don't know if there's a possible way for this argument, but I'm going to give Alan a chance in San Diego. Is there a chance that San Diego could say, hey, we have the best place to watch soccer in the yeah, USL? Yeah, because it's, it's in San Diego. I mean, <laughs> the city itself the reason that that place is great. Like, there are fourth best there tacos are, in the world. World-class world, world breweries just down the way. You're like just up from the beach you're just just up from the beach uh in pb so if you're like a bro who has tribal tattoos money <laughs> um now we we to be fair it as the grandma because there are a lot of restrictions because it is a college campus uh but the team and the university have been really well uh working really well with the supporters to create we don't call it a tailgate we call it t-a-i-l because bum is the mascot tailgate because it's not a real tailgate but they, they hook us up with uh, some pretty cheap beers and really good food. Uh, so there's some issues, but there's beer in the stadium, which for a college campus, if you've ever done a college campus, you know how hard that is to get. And it's stone beer, so it's good beer. Um, and uh, the stadium's pretty nice. It is pretty close. I saw a TFC Sholos match there, and it was very engaging. Uh, when there are 1,000 people there and it's packed, it is a very vibrant um, kind of scene because it's this old very catholic kind of feel around it so it feels very like there's, judgy. Tradi there's tradition there uh yes also very judgy um but no i'm i don't think the facilities oh sh i'm gonna take as much time as i want um <laughs> dude you've had one game one game man really quick really quick because the next step would be would be Bradley, but his team plays in a baseball field. Maybe we just skip oh, it. And we'll give and you a little bit more Reno. time. Yeah. Baseball field in Reno. That you can see yeah. from the Silver Legacy parking lot, so I can gamble and watch soccer. And that you know what? That's honestly fine because that's probably where I'm going to be if they don't allow fans in. Can you watch your games <laughs> from a parking garage? No, you guys have that long parking flat at the. Uh, uh, the Cal Expo. I don't want to hear it. No, I well, can get on the. Sacramento and Reno have this like thing. It's it's like it's like Harry and Jacob here in Texas. Uh, <laughs> Sacramento and Reno is like the, the hated rivals here. Um, at least I don't know. Uh, my 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 new friends up in Sacramento. Would you make us traveling fans drink the most disgusting alcohol ever before a match? Oh, bastard. It's an endearing no. thing that we give only to our friends, not to sack. No, it is you... rubbing alcohol in a <laughs> bottle that acts like it's real alcohol. You're... That's that's take all that's take the pain, take the malort early on, oh, and therefore no. your team will perform better. That's take a philosophy. That Don't be weak, Ray. No, no, no. You know, slowly back I'll away from the bottle. Real, we'll say this real quick. When we were playing Louisville for the USL championship, and you know, that's where it's a rough loss for us. But go for you, we had a great time with – we lost. I mean, we all know that. <laughs> but the fans before – you have that spaghetti with, with like, me, chili? They gave us some of the best bourbon. I mean, we had top-notch bourbon for hours before the game from their fans, and it was awesome. They were quality. They weren't giving us Milwaukee's best swilled beer or something. We were drinking high-quality bourbon, and I got to give them props. You know, it's a hard loss for us, but I was really drunk during the game, so it didn't hurt that bad. High quality bourbon in Phoenix would be like the cheap stuff in Louisville, right? Uh, you know, to a degree, yeah. Without paying a lot of money, absolutely. Uh, 
Um, really quick, because I, 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 we're trying to keep this at an hour. I know it's a it's a fun time. We have a lot of people on here, so I don't know if we will quite keep it an hour, but we're going to do our best. I want to move on to something a little bit more serious here really quick. Um, Orange County just recently announced a, a sort of a, a partnership or, or a plans what they're doing to try and engage more with the community. I'm going to switch over to Dylan really quick because he probably knows a little bit more about what's going on without me having to pull up stuff on here. Dylan, can you just sort of let our listeners know and our guests know what's what's going on? Yeah, sure. Our club is being less white. Um, given that we play in Irvine, which is a very affluent area of Orange County, not the most affluent, but very affluent, very boring, very suburban, very... Did I say boring already? That's that's the yes. the best adjective to you describe Irvine. Yeah. Um, the club tends to kind of represent that. They've done a really good job here of finding... Um, people who need help in our county because those people do exist as hard as orange county tries to make them not exist uh, people do need help and so we've created a the club i should say we haven't done anything but the club has created a um a board to spread community awareness and create a positive impact in our community uh, it's taken a couple of years but we poached someone from the earthquakes whose job it is to basically better our community via the club and I'm really excited to see it happen because um, there's a lot of people in Orange County uh, specifically there's a lot of brown people in Orange County who don't come to games specifically because uh, there are a lot of cops in between when you get off the freeway and the mile drive into the stadium in Irvine and they don't want to get pulled over because you do get a DWB driving while brown in Irvine and, and and to be honest, there's been legit I've seen people on social media have mentioned that's one of the reasons why there's maybe a, a lower number of um, Hispanic fans at the matches uh, due to what the atmosphere is like um, for anyone that's not familiar with Irvine and with that part of Orange County. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not the most diverse area of, of Orange County, I will say. Um, and so it can be difficult. I, I'm proud that the club is announcing that they've, they've put together this board um, of, uh, of, experts or people that are going to try and help grow this, the club's brand uh, and try and reach out to some of those communities and try and pull in those fans, try and support. I know a lot of people like to make fun of, of the fan base at Orange County uh, at their games, but it, it, that's been one of the most difficult parts of, of trying to draw in fans to this team is getting them to travel to Irvine to watch the matches. Uh, Andy, as a, a huge member, a huge follower of this club, part of Canaline Coalition, uh, what are your thoughts on what this announcement means for bringing in fans and, and growing the club's brand here in Orange County? Yeah, you know, I think it's great. Um, you know, we have the, the challenge of geography in our area where, um, you know, even me, I don't live the furthest away from our stadium. The stadium's kind of, I won't say central Orange County. It's kind of more towards the south edge of our county. And it's it's still a 20-mile drive for me. Um, you know, and, and there's a lot of other stuff to do that is easy to say, yeah, I'm not going to go or gosh, that's all the way down there. Um, so I, I think it's great that um, not only is the club uh, reaching out to other communities and, and trying to get people engaged, but also, you know, you know, through the foundation, um, you know, raising money for good causes and raising money for kids who want to just want to play soccer and their parents can't afford it. Um, you know, I, 
people don't recognize that that is a problem in our area. There are plenty of kids who, you know, play high school ball because that's all they can afford to play and they get cut um, just because they're, they're not, you know, they don't have the right connections, they don't have the right skill set, you know, whatever it is. So I think it's great that they're um, stepping up and, and filling a gap where there definitely is one. Perfect. And uh, Alan, as someone that's covered this team for well over a year now, um, that's living down in San Diego where there's another USL team, what do you think this is going to mean for um, Orange County as far as just sort of being engaged with the community, helping out the community, uh, building that relationship uh, with the, the, the local fans? Um, I think representation matters. Um, I think when you see people who look like you, you're more welcome, you're feel more welcome, you're able to step in. Um, one thing I heard from Jason Weintraub and Elliot Barr last week, I'm going to plug my podcast, which feels weird, on fair weather. Um, they really talked about holding your teams accountable when they're not doing what they say they're going to do. And I applaud Orange County for taking this step. I applaud Orange County for starting to do the right thing. Um, and I think it's really important to look out at your community and make sure that people in your community who are traditionally underrepresented are in your, uh, supporters group, um, board of directors, they're in your training rooms they're on your coaching staff, they're in your front office. And I think that's what really speaks to a lot of what's missing in some of our soccer clubs is we don't have people in those positions who are saying, wait, hold on a second. What about X? Because they aren't they aren't thinking about that, and they're not necessarily because they're being malicious, but it's because someone isn't there thinking about how this is going to affect everyone. So I really commend Orange County for doing this because I think this is it is the team looking at what they haven't done historically well and making some strides to address it. And I would encourage all of us on this podcast to look at what we're doing in our supporters groups, what we're doing um, as far as our holding our teams accountable to make sure that they represent a larger population of our supporters. Because when those people are there making decisions, then we'll start seeing some diversity in what's going on in our supporters groups and in our teams. And it's really important for people who look like me to do that standing up, because if it's coming from that specific group, people might tune them out. But if you look, if you take your, you know, opportunities to say, look, I have every soccer coach or every football coach or every basketball coach is, looks like me, I'm saying we need to get more diversity. It helps with that problem because now there's more voices from more different angles saying we need to have people being brought in and not like checking a box. Well, we got that one black guy. We're good to go, guys. Good us but really trying to make a systematic change. So it's not something you have to think about. It's something that happens naturally. Takes an educator to have a, a nice, well-spoken uh, way of explaining some of this stuff. Thank you very much, Alan. Um, I want to open it up to any of our other guests that maybe want to just sort of chime in on this, um, what their thoughts are on something like this uh, for Orange County or just in soccer in general, before we move on really quick to sort of start wrapping things up. So, Go ahead and speak if anyone wants to speak. I'll say this. Um, I, I played soccer. You know, I've been with soccer for a long, 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 long time. And one of the things. 78, I, right? 78. Yeah, I've always noticed that 
diversity is okay on the pitch, but when it moves off the pitch, the diversity ends. And that's always been a problem and it needs to be resolved. Um, and I've seen some horrible, horrible racial things done, actually worse in Europe than in the United States. And that needs to be fixed too. And so kudos to OC for what they're doing. Phoenix Rising is doing some good things. I know other clubs are doing some good things. Um, it all is an individual effort. Uh, if we don't change ourselves internally, no matter how good we think we are or non-racist we think we are or whatever, we still can make change and that will influence people around us. And, you know, if we all do that together, change will happen. There's a reason we love you, Kevin, even though you're from Phoenix, there's a reason we love you on this podcast. I'll try to fix that. (laughs) (laughs) Which part, the love or the uh, being from Phoenix? (laughs) Oh. 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 I think in terms of diversity, I think in terms of diversity, we have a long way to go, at least in soccer in America. Um, You know, MLS has done a really good job of campaigning. Um, Their players or their players speaking out against what's happening. Um, You know, the the player at Juventus who spoke out wrong, uh, made him look really bad, uh, Bonucci, who came out and said his teammate essentially warranted that behavior from the fans. So we're seeing a lot of different things um, in society, and now it's starting to rear. You know, even in Northern California and, and in Reno, we've seen it um, with with Reno 1868 and Los Unicos, kind of the things that are going back and forth with them. So you know, there, there's all these things. There's trials and tribulations. There's errors on everybody's behalf that I think we need to take a deeper look at and correct it. LA Galaxy sat down and said, "Hey, we're we're done with this player and his wife." Um, I would love to see. USL teams um, kind of push the same envelope. I just want to say again, it's super weird to be a podcast of almost entirely white guys being like, oh, we need to be more diverse. <laughs> and there's not even a woman on this podcast. You're like, oh, yeah, we got to do better. Um, but if but we're, would... we're, we're open to speak about it, though, too, Dylan. And I think a lot of uh, podcasts that I've heard, you know, the, the only podcast that I've listened to that's really spoken up about it was the Cooligans. And uh, Fairweather spoke about it. But this is our opportunity now to speak up and say what's going on. And instead of, you know, suppressing the movement, we, we do our action. We use our words as a service to others. I think that's important to think about. Oh, absolutely. And I think the biggest thing for us, especially those of us that are white, um, is listening and then speaking or maybe just listening for this period because it's really not our fight. Uh, we talked about well, this last week. it is our time. fight, but... Yeah, I mean, it's our fight to, to listen and support, but it's not our fight to be guiding this, really. Correct. But I'm I'm thrilled to see that we're doing something in our community, and beyond going to business and trying to get Hispanic fans to show up to the games, it's giving disadvantage in Orange County a shot at having what kids from more affluent communities like Irvine uh, and South County cities would have, and that would be great. Um and one day, if we have more minority managers in this, I think a lot of these issues will be resolved. Um, but that's going to take some time, right? We have, uh, what, down in RGV, I think is the only one? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't remember his name. At, at Mr. Patel? Oh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. That and Echeverry, Jersey, right? Yeah. We have a crazy to. Yeah, we just yeah, it's it's also, different. Well, it's different culture, basically. Of course, yeah, we're 
basically, and of course we've been made fun of this before, but it's it's also true. We're almost like it's not like we're in the United States. It's almost like we're technically, you know, in Mexico, which I mean, it's that's just the way it is. It's where a lot of our not necessarily fans, but that's where a lot of our ancestors and all of that, you know, are we're from everybody going across the border, which is perfectly fine. That's how that our community runs. Of course, it came out not too long ago that we were having a peaceful protest and a mentally ill person came out and decided to say the N-word and chase them with a chainsaw. No joke, but he got he got apprehended very quickly and got put in jail very quickly. But other than that, yeah, it's true. It's just it's a diverse place down here, luckily. And thankfully, we don't have to worry about that. But of course, just like we said, we still support everybody trying to change. Yeah, um, I think it the uh, everyone really in, involved in BGN, but I think it was mostly uh, from the Hounds. They did a really good job of going mm-hmm. through, and I think we found out almost forty percent of the league is is made up of non-white players. And I think we have like one or two minority managers. So there's a lot of work to be done. But I mean, if I could say anything, it's push your clubs to be better. I called out Orange County last week because they came out with a statement that was meaningless and terrible and stupid. But and to me, it's such. Oh, sorry, Dylan. To me, it's not just the manager role. To me, it's more the front office. The you know, it's it's oh, the, the league office. I think in order to have change, um, you know, you've got to have it at the top as well. You know, obviously the players um, very diverse. Um, I think the the training staffs. There's a lot of diversity inside of it. Maybe not you know the the, the head coach, but you know I do think that that is coming. Um, but I think from the league, you know, from the league side is where we need to see more leadership as well. And it's not just a USL issue or MLS issue. It's 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 a sports issue just in general uh, when, when it comes to that. And, you know, I'm not just talking about race, but I'm also talking about, you know, gender as well with, you know, with, you know, with having, you know, more women involved and stuff like that. And, and like I said, I know, um, you know, Alan and, and our podcast, you know, you know, we have two great women that. Um, offer a lot, you know, to, to the podcast. And, and, you know, I know Danielle does a lot with refereeing and, and stuff like that. And, you know, it was awesome to see one of the matches in Germany where, you know, the you know, center ref was a woman and, and she's one of the best in the world. And I would love to be able to see, and I know we've got, you know, I think three or four or five different, uh, you know, uh, pro refs that are women as well. But, you know, I'd like to see them a little bit more also, um, you know, in the middle as well. So, um, there's a lot of growth that we can do. Um, I think, uh, for me, you know, as, as, as a white guy, it's, it's about, you know, kind of learning, seeing where, you know, where my role is, what I can do to, to fit in and change, but, you know, I can't be a lead voice on it just because I don't have that experience, unfortunately. That, that's, that's some difficult stuff there because, you know, like we tried to do last week, Dylan, Alan, and myself, we tried to talk about what's going on, but, Honestly, we none, none of the three of us can sit there and say we know exactly, you know what's going on, the root of the problem. Uh, we we can see it, but we can't say we've we've lived it. Um, the the with soccer, we love to call it the world's game, right? Well, if it's the world's game, then we need to look at the world and we need to incorporate the world and we need to figure out how uh, to make this truly the world's game. Uh, and there, and and it's something that uh, I, I love to see that a lot of people. 
with um, to go out with their voice and speak about it. Like, um, you know, Fairweather Pod did last week. Uh, We tried to do last week. Other other podcasts that have done that, you know, that's not what they talk about, but it's something that was just sort of important enough that it had to be talked about. Um, It was pretty cool to see. Um, Definitely a lot of work to be done, though. Uh, in this the, this category and the, the, this thing, because we definitely want to see uh, we want to see a world where people are on equal level, right? I mean, it's it's hard to find the right words to say in some moments. It's it's difficult, but um, we want equality, right? I think that's what yeah. you. Equality is a great thing to say. Yes, right. And and, and a props to Dylan because Dylan was like the person that sort of called out Orange County last week mm-hmm. after they came out with their social media saying, you know, we support yeah. un- unity, equality, change. Um, but they were missing some very key words that I think a lot of people were hoping for on that. Um, I don't know if they've gone out onto social media and posted this, but I know they've sent out emails to their followers and their supporters, and they've added some of those keywords that were maybe missing from their social media message, which is a step in the right direction. Um, you know, in my interactions, talking with some of the people there at the club, uh, you know, they understood it was a very difficult position to be in, to, to say certain things, to do certain things, to act certain ways. Maybe when you're, you know, again, you, you, you don't, you're not living that, that world here. Unfortunately here in Orange County, it's hard to say in, in Orange County, we're not living that world. It's a very, very small minority that are living that experience, which is, it, it sucks. Um, uh, so I, I guess I want to say props to the club for at least listening to what people had to say and maybe trying to correct their message to the fans uh, on that. That's, it, it takes a, a really big person to sort of, I guess, admit when they made a mistake and, and change, change the tone, change the message that they're trying to say. Um, you know, it, yeah, it is what it is. Um, really quick, because we're sort of, we've already gone over our time here. I want to make sure we stay in time uh as close as we can so i'm going to go to each of you really quick i want to hear um legitimately or realistically where you think your club's going to finish uh at the end of this this weird season that we have going on so i'm going to start off with harry harry where's san antonio going to finish the season well if we go by history one game out of the playoff spot but uh uh, i think with coach marcina I think it's a playoff team. Um, I think it's an upper, uh, you know, upper level. It wouldn't shock me if they finished in the top four. Um, I think they've got a lot of talent. Um, But I I guess it depends on what USL comes back. Because, you know, from what I've heard, it's not going to be, you're going to be playing the West. It's going to be a lot more regionalized. Um, You know, so, you know, I I think that it's, it's going to be an odd thing, but, um, if it was in a traditional setup here, I, I would think top four, um, realistically, historically, you know, just on how they play, uh, one game out of the playoffs though. Jacob, how's RGB going to be at the end of the season? Yeah, exactly. I think I'll hit up on what Harry had to say, because it's so true that we don't know what's going to happen when we go back. My guess would be it's all the Texas teams playing against each other. Even of course El Paso, even though that is a crazy fart. Exactly. It's basically New Mexico. That's how it's on a different time zone. Exactly. But yeah, and then we have those in the Tulsa and Oklahoma City. And then, of course, still St. Louis, because I believe they're still in the USL. If it wasn't them, I'd say we'd play New Mexico. (laughs) But point being, if it was in that setting, I would say midfield and that, which wouldn't even be a playoff team. 
but in a realistic setting, we're still rebuilding once again. Chuy Enriquez decided not to come back. He went to San Antonio FC, as do all of our players that decide to leave, go to, because, well, and we've said it before on the podcast, it's all Houston Dynamo's fault with when it comes to that because they try to s- sign them on a ML- MLS contract and it fails miserably because the uh, clause are stupid and it's about two years. And if you don't do well in two years, then you're out of the club. So they wanted it back for a third year, but he's like, you're not going to give me any playing time with the main club. Why do I stay? So it was, it was things like that easily. So yeah, I would probably say 11th position in the West, something like that. If not 11th, I forget who makes it. I believe it's like top eight or something like that. If it's top eight, yeah, 11th. Top 10. Top 10, yeah, then 14th, just about 13th, 14th probably (laughs) would be realistic. Let me go over to Kevin over there in Phoenix. Are the butterflies going to distract the Phoenix players enough where they won't make the playoffs? Of course. (laughs) I just say butterflies because I know your fans hate when I say butterflies. Look, um, we, we expect to win it. I'm sorry, guys. We expect to win it. Look, we've got we've got the lineup. We've got the right people. The most frustrating thing about this season is that we have, and I'm and I'm look. I'm not trying to be the jerk here, but if you look right. at per man across our roster, it's one of the strongest, if not the strongest, USL roster that's been around in years. I mean, top to bottom. We have an extremely, and I'm not saying the chemistry isn't there because we haven't been on the pitch yet. So I'm not saying it's 100%. But what I am saying is that, holy shnikes, we've got a great roster and it would be very difficult and very, very disappointing if we didn't take everything. I will say this, Kevin. I think the short season hurts Phoenix. It does. I I think it really hurts because you're going to have all that depth and you're going to have all those mouths to feed and you're not going to be able to feed them. Well, here's the thing, though, where it does play to us as a strength is that we've got such a deep, deep um, mm-hmm. bench. We're going to be able to swap out players and keep fresh legs on the field like nobody else. And our second team is going to be a very, very strong team on the pitch uh, as compared to a lot of other teams' first teams, present company excluded, of course. Um, and so we're – You don't have to include RGV in that. You don't have to include RGV. Come on. Yeah, we'll probably lose to y'all. It's true. Or if you guys come over to HB Park, if, of course, everything is regular, then y'all might decide to have a 1-0 lead and have your guy get a red card after getting accumulated with two yellows and then lose that lead and only come home with one point when you should have gotten three. That's the beauty of the game right there. That's the beauty of the game. It's it's You just don't know. And so I'm yeah. not going to say it's 100%. But I would say this: if we don't come out of it with a trophy in the end, it would be a, it would be underachieving this year for the team. So it's going to be an underachieving season for Phoenix. Uh, Alan, let me go over to you down in San Diego uh, <laughs> with like two games in your pocket to really judge your team off of. How are they going to do this season? Sorry, I Kevin. Think the, I think it's going to depend again on what kind of season it is. I think if it's a heavy game, you know, two games a week. Um, San Diego essentially started nine different players between game one and game two. Um, and there's, there is a ton of depth in San Diego. Uh, so if they have to rotate, I think it gives San Diego an advantage, kind of what Kevin was saying. Uh, a normal schedule, I put them um, um, kind of bottom of the uh, playoff picture. Uh, but I think if they cram a bunch of game in, games in, I think they can pick up a couple uh, games against some teams, especially if they catch them 
when they're um, not going to be able to start their starters. I think that gives San Diego Loyal an advantage um, because they did sign a pretty deep team. Uh, I'm going to go to Luis. Luis, how uh, do you realistically feel Sacramento will do this season? I know as a fan, you want them to win it all. Do you really think they can win it all? Uh, you know, even against a team like Orange County. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, if it's a traditional season, I see as, you know, uh, getting to third place, not quite first or second, but third, third place, I think is pretty reasonable. Um, if it's a region, I could see us winning the region. Uh, beyond that, I'm not too sure, but I could see us at least taking the region. And that that's that's about how I how I see it now. But season was too young. We don't really know too much, like you guys were saying too, on the chemistry of the players. So it's it's too early to really speak. I know we had our first game where we were pretty disappointed that we tied against Tulsa. We didn't want to tie. That was a must win because it's Tulsa, even though they rebranded, but still the same thing. Um, but yeah, so, you know, it's too early to tell, but if, if it's full season, I could see us clinching like a third spot. So let me go Bradley. Uh, I would assume the region would be there. You know, Reno would be included in that, uh, in that yeah. region with Sacramento. So do you really believe Sacramento could, uh, finish on top of, uh, a Reno there? Uh, not on top of Reno personally, but that's just coming from a biased fan up here in Reno. Um, I'm going to go ahead and echo the if it's a normal season where we're playing one game a week, uh, I think Reno places for a home playoff game somewhere in the uh, three to five region, uh, hopefully playing home playoff games. Uh, in a more compressed season where we're playing two games a week, uh, Reno lacks that depth that I feel like a lot of you guys are really touting for your own teams. I feel like we're very top heavy. And without that depth, we're going to end up, you know, still making playoffs because any Ian Russell team can make playoffs. Ian Russell can take the, you know, 10 of us, nine of us and make a playoff team out of us somehow. Um, But I feel like without that significant depth that we don't have in Reno, uh, we would be fighting in eighth and seventh place uh, at the end of the season in a very compact season. So Jacob, you know, have your front office reach out to uh, Bradley there and find out uh, how to get uh, that guy over there to RGV to make the playoffs. Uh, let me go over to John really quick because again, Bradley said you know against Sacramento, Reno's probably going to be on top. You know, again as probably as a fan, but um, are you going to stick with your your man Lu- Luis over there and say Sacramento's the better team out of the, uh, those teams? I'm not seeing. I'll admit it. Oh, you're fine. Mustache rides all day. Um, if you take that idea and you take the team, right, we've got we've pretty much brought back the same team from last year. Uh, Mark Briggs has done a good job of implementing a, a pressing system, which you don't see very often hold for, for the length of the season that, that they would be playing. But having that opportunity to kind of sit back and, and review how that press win and how they're playing was over the course of the two games that we got to see in person, I can definitely see Sac Republic having the opportunity to be top three, if not, you know, number one or two based off of their experience. They're bringing back players. The only team that has a roster like they do is Phoenix in the Western conference. So there's a lot of, of opportunity for them to, to succeed. But at the same time with this down um, period that we've had, your training isn't the same. You you spent all off season getting ready for every day you've spent in quarantine. That's a day of training. You need to be back uh, before your pitch ready or your game ready. So there's a lot of things that are, that are there. Um, I, I, again, I see them being a top three 
team with the opportunity to slide into number one. It's just a matter of them um, being able to execute and, and how they come back after after this uh, time off. Perfect. And I know you mentioned bringing back, you know, most of the team. Can can we talk off off the air really quick, uh, Luis, John? Can we talk about the the Sacramento play by play guys? Because I have a little bit of a problem with them. Really quick, I want to get down to Andy really quick. Um, quick, you know, prediction. Orange County, where are they going to finish this season? Top three, done. All right, Dylan. What about you? I I can't disagree with that. Uh, I was going to go top four. We're getting a home playoff spot this season. Definitely don't want to go to uh, Salt Lake City like we had to do last season and and uh, do that. We we really should have been one of the top four teams last season. We had the chance to do so. We dropped it. Um, I, I want to start wrapping things up here because we're going way past our time what we normally like to do. I normally we normally like to end with a random thought, but I'm going to sort of skip that for this this episode just because doing a random thought with each and every one of you would probably take another like 30 minutes. Um, and we definitely don't want to go that long. So what I want to do is I'm going to go to each of you really quick, just share with our listeners. If they want to hear more from you, follow you or listen to your podcast where they can go for that. I'm going to start with you, Harry. And Harry, you're muted. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, so you can typically follow us uh, at SATX Soccer. Uh, we'll post a link. We're on Facebook as well um, and Twitter's live streams, uh, usually on Wednesdays, uh, although right now it's kind of every other week. Um, but I think we're starting to get back in the swing of trying to come back. Um, but, you know, I just want to say thank you to Ray and, and Dylan and, and Alan. Um, you know, the stuff you guys put out is, is awesome your predictions are horrible and of course your major homers for you know for ocsd but uh, <laughs> uh you know like i said it's it's been a pleasure listening to you guys for two years and, and hopefully you have two years or you know or more uh to go and you know see what the next steps brings perfect let me uh go down to the tip of texas there with jacob jacob what you got all right so you can find down of the valley podcast on twitter at down on the rgv very simple, very easy. You can find me on Twitter, Jake, Jacob Young four five six. And yeah, thank you all for, of course, always letting me go on and rant to you all for pointless things sometimes. But for sure, always a pleasure to be on here, and it's always a fun time. And hopefully, of course, I get to see you all soon again. And hopefully, we'll get this season back underway. And Maybe it'll be regular, and if it's not, well, hopefully we'll still be able to chat about some USL soccer. Perfect. And then if you head up those dirt roads, get on the I-10 uh, west, you'll eventually make your way out to Phoenix uh, somehow, some way. I'm sure there's other roads you have to take. With Kevin there, Kevin, um, where can our listeners uh, follow you, listen to you, and all that fun stuff? So we're the odd men out. We're not a podcast. We're a YouTube channel, uh, PRFC Fan Show. Um, and we're, I'm pretty active on Twitter, uh, too. And that's where you can find us. Perfect. And then you jump on I eight, get down to San Diego, Alan. Hey, Underwood 48 on the Twitter machines. Perfect. And then I have no idea how to get to Reno from there. You probably just jump on Alaska airlines, uh, to Reno to, uh, hop on with uh, the guys up there in Reno and Bradley Polanski, uh, where can our followers listen to you and follow you yeah you can find us on uh, soundcloud on youtube uh, if you want to watch our episodes we haven't posted one in a while and hopefully we'll remedy that soon but reno 1868 weekly on just about everything 
perfect. And then travel through Tahoe and all those mountains and all of us. So we get into Sacramento, uh, Sacramento FC podcast. What's, uh, where do we listen to you and follow you guys? So you can follow us on, uh, Instagram and Twitter, Sacktown FC, uh, is the handle, uh, Twitch, it's Sacktown FC, uh, Facebook. We have two pages. You can follow the California storm and our partners, the nonprofit organization, uh, reboot.soccer. Uh, if you guys are looking to get into some nonprofit stuff, it'd be, uh, be awesome. Perfect. And then if you travel down I-5 or, you know, Cal State or California Highway 99, you can get back down into Orange County somehow, some way. Dylan. Uh, it's the 99 to the 5. And you can find me at Twitter or on Reddit, uh, OCSE underscore Dylan. Perfect. And you can follow me on Twitter at uh, DJ Ray Samore. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at OCS, OCSE underscore SoccerCast. You can look for us on Facebook instagram pinterest you can also go to our website ocscpodcast.com to listen to any of our previous episodes that'll feature many of these people that you've uh you've heard today um and i'm sure and, in future episodes and um, andy where, where can we find you you're the smartest one in from orange uh. county <laughs> <laughs> oh, i forgot about andy oh damn it oh wow more all right uh, so yeah, I'm starting up uh, the the newest Orange County Soccer Club podcast. <laughs> it's gonna call the uh, gonna be called the Black and Orange Podcast. It's gonna be great. No, I'm not. I, I don't have any podcasts. I don't have a website. Uh, but hey, I'll give a shout out to uh, Cleats for Future Athletes. They're a local nonprofit that uh, collects lightly used soccer gear and gives it to kids who don't have any so that they can play ball. Sorry, sorry for feeling about you there, Andy. Um, I'm used to it. <laughs> um, I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us tonight um, and for all of our listeners that have been listening to us for the last two years. If you haven't listened to us for these full two years, you can go listen to any of our previous podcasts. Go to our website, ocscpodcast.com. Um, yeah. Uh, also, you can find any of our podcasts, or I, actually, I don't know if you can find any of them because I haven't been updating them recently. But uh, go to our partner uh, website, uh, uh, the, the our friends at BGN Beautiful Game Network, uh, to listen to a lot of these podcasts you've heard tonight, uh, and plus many more. Um, let's see for Harry, for Jacob, for Kevin, for Bradley, for Luis, for John, for Andy, for Dylan, for Alan. Did I get them all? I think I did. Um, this is Ray. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. You have been listening to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. For the latest Orange County SC news and information, visit our website, ocscpodcast.com. Also, thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Go. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie-cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit at IcarusFC.com.